Welcome back, everybody. My name is True. I'm here with Domo and Albert. Uh, what's up? What's, what's up? up? What's up, everybody? We have we, a great guest. Who's our great guest, Domo? We have um, the owner of the Ace Brand, Mr. White Boy Rick. The new mayor of Detroit is <laughs> in the building. What's up, Rick? What's going on? What's going on? Nothing, man. We appreciate you coming by. We know you're out here for the, what is it? The MJ M Biz. MJ Biz. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much, man. So tell us about this uh, this product that you got and when, when it all came to fruition and what made you even want to be in the, in the cannabis business to begin with. Uh, I had read about it a lot in prison and, and I did a lot of reading in there and the benefits of, you know, the seizures that it was preventing in kids mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the, the good that can be done with cannabis, I guess, attracted me to it. So, and my brand, the eighth is based on your eighth amendment, which is the ban on cruel and unusual punishment, excessive oh, fine, wow. excessive bail. Wow. So we got the handcuff logo designed by, by Brad and, uh, did a great job for us and it means a lot to me man I, I was sentenced to life without parole to the rest of my natural life actually for a drug crime that I committed when I was 17 my friend was 16 and he was sentenced to the rest of his natural life and we're both out now we're both doing well we're both in the cannabis space we're doing good things and positive things for our communities so does it still kind of feel good a little bit that cannabis was the drug game so you're still kind of in the drug game but legally now no comment. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 no more drug. Anymore. No more no, this, drug. This is weed a, isn't drug anymore. Yeah, weed, yeah, is, weed, weed is not is a drug. Medicine. Weed is legal. I just wish I would have been a part of it, man. I had so many friends telling me about this for years and where where this thing was going, and I don't know why. I just I just not never. Too late. I know. Yeah. Oh, it's never man. too late. Bro. Never too late. Jump in, bro. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I and I heard Michigan. I heard Michigan's. What, what do you think about? Is it? I keep hearing it's flooded out it, there now. It is. I mean, you, can you hit that up? Timer, please. You got the remote right there. All right, go ahead. We gave out a few too many licenses up there, and, and uh, you know, the governor is looking at maybe putting a moratorium on the licenses that are issued, and, and I think that's a good thing. I think once a market becomes oversaturated, you tend to start hurting everybody, and when you hurt everybody, a lot of good is done through cannabis in our community. Yes. Like, I was able to give a, a kid a brand-new handicap van, mostly due to the you know, cannabis community that I reached out to and they helped me and we gave this kid a, a brand new $90,000 van. We just wow. sent, we just sent 90 foster kids or almost 90 foster kids to summer camp. So that's one of the things that, that I love the most about this industry yeah. is that my friends believe in me. And if I call them with a cause that they're right there to give back to that cause. So what, what year was it that you got out? I got out uh, July 20th of 2020. Of 2020. And wow. when, did, when did you get into the cannabis? So about a year after that. About a year after. Okay. Yeah, no, I just remember when it came, you know, like, you know, especially being in Michigan. I think prior to me departing from Michigan, I remember them saying I, I used to live on 10 acres. And they were offering, like, some kind of schools. Like, hey, if you have acreage, we'll teach you to be growers. And, I mean, they were really pushing that. And I just, like I said, I just, I wasn't, weed just wasn't my thing. I knew it was doing a lot of good things. And I just can't believe how much it's like taken off now. Like, like it's insane. So who was, who, who was the person that, you know, you, you, you said you studied up on it yourself or did you have a friend that? Well, I did a lot of reading and, and as I was in there, a lot of my friends, you know, became involved in cannabis. Kevin Hanna being one of them. Kevin, Kevin was the one who was sentenced to life when he was 16. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like a little brother to me. He's a little younger than me, but we keep in close contact pretty much every day. Yeah. And he's out of San Diego now, so we we do good things together, you know? Yeah, and I mean I just can't believe, you know, like even even the people now that that I know that are still in prison over cannabis charges, like I just don't understand it. Like how are they not out? Like like what what's going on that you know, that now this is legal and all these people are just, you know, stuck there. I mean, I keep hearing that you know, they're eventually letting people out, but I'm like, they should have been let out from day one. You know, day one, it became legal. Why not? Prisons are a business, bro. Yeah, it's not, no, it's not really about the crime you committed. Like, if you read, historically, prisons were built for violent offenders. They weren't built for some kid that was selling weed or, or you know, trying to make a little living through a nonviolent crime. They were built for, you know, murderers, armed robbers, rapists, child molesters. 
and we've gotten away from that. And prison has become such this big thriving industry that it's more about making money off of people at the lowest point of their life, charging their mom extra for a phone call, selling them a, a ramen noodle soup for 75 cents. It's not about rehabilitation. And it's sad. The that country is, we live yeah. in, you know, we say we're the most humane country in the world. But if you really look at it, we're the only country in the world that ever gave juveniles life for anything other than murder. Wow, that's crazy. Now, I know, like, you know, the difference, the Michigan laws as compared to what goes on here in Vegas are night and day. But I just, you know, I we, me and Domo here, we had, we had a friend uh, catch a murder charge uh, just on a crazy night. And, you know, he's he's looking at 12 years. So it's like I see that. And then I'm like, how can somebody, you know, especially as a juvenile, you know, everybody makes mistakes, whether it's selling drugs or, or doing anything. But like, how do they hold that person, you know, to that's going to be the same person 20 years from now? You know, it's it's to me, it's just very, uh, you know, it's just it's just inhumane. And I just I don't know who, you know, who makes these decisions. And you, you it makes you wonder, like the people that would think about putting a child because until you're 25 or 26, like your brain isn't even fully developed. Yeah. The prefrontal cortex of your brain, especially in a male, we're a little slower than women as much as I don't want to admit that. <laughs> so, sure. but it's not even developed fully in a male until 26, 27 years of age. So, yeah. but, you know, recently I had to get a document and, and Dana Hathaway, the judge from the documentary that tried to give me my life back and she was stopped five years early, earlier than when I was released. She sent me a document and it showed, it said, sentenced to natural life. And I happened to be in Miami at the time when I received that text with the picture. And to be honest with you, it kind of ruined my trip because I looked at it over and over mm -hmm. and over. And I happened to be out with a, a friend of mine and he knew it was bothering me. And he was like, this doesn't look like you did the rest of your natural life. You know, we're in live. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, we're living good, bro. So, so when you got out, you went to Miami? Is that where you went first? Uh, yeah, the second day I was home, I went to Miami. <laughs> wow, what what got you back to Michigan? Uh, I, that's my home. It's where I do, you know, I work for the community as much as I can there. It's, you know, where my family is, where a lot of my friends are. But I go back and forth. I love both cities. Yeah. Miami's always my second home. I heard you said you had a girlfriend. Is that is she from Miami or Detroit? No, no, Detroit. Detroit, Detroit. got it. Yeah. And when did, did you meet her after? No, I've known her since I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. So did she, so she stuck with you through the whole? We were friends the whole time. She's a good girl. Wow, that's awesome, man. And where what, where were you at? Were you in Michigan or did they ship uh, you to I was in state? Michigan, Arizona, Florida, all over. What, what was your favorite? <laughs> was, there, was there a favorite? There, there actually was. It's funny you said that. <laughs> Is there a favorite? Arizona. Arizona. Oh, really? I have to say okay. Arizona, bro. The federal hey. prison in Arizona Listen. was like <laughs> the best prison I was ever in. Yeah. So shout out to you FCI you gave Phoenix. A, you gave a Yelp review? Yeah, shout out to FCI Phoenix. Yeah, that, um, that'd I, actually be funny if you if they if, if if they did have a Yelp and you put a review on there. That shit would be epic. If, you um, can, I, if you're going to prison and you can get there, get to FCI Phoenix. <laughs> I have a question. How did it feel things like social media and like the cell phones and kind of like well I, I got to get out i was in a halfway house for about 10 months okay. so it really helped me get acclimated you know like mm -hmm. i'll never forget the first day i got a i think it was an iphone 8 at the time and uh i didn't know how to turn it on <laughs> no, <that's laughs> so so i grabbed this young kid that was there and he's like what's up and he's calling me old school and i'm like old school and he's like, what's up, old school? I'm like, yo, come here, bro. He's like, what? I said, I'm going to give you 100 bucks. You're going to take me to school. Yeah. And he's like, what do you want to, what? I said, teach me how to work this phone, man. And he goes, you don't got to pay me, bro. And I said, no, I'm going to pay you, man. Take me to school. And like in a day, he had me working this phone that, that was so intimidating to me. Bro. Right. Yeah, I, I can't. So what was outside of a phone? What would you say is the craziest thing you saw that you were just, I mean, cars had to change. Oh, yeah, TVs I, had to change. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, when I left, a 50-inch TV was four grand, five grand. So, you know, I get out. And, and was it the big box? Oh, yeah, I had them in every room. I took down walls to get those TVs in my bedroom. 
My dad used to think I was crazy. I'm like, yo, knock this wall down to put the TV in. He's like, bro, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah. I want it in my room. No, I so, mean, that's, I mean, I remember, you know, I think I was telling you before, uh, you know, when flat screens first came out, you know, they were pioneer and, you know, they're like 10, 20 grand. Oh, and that's yeah. what I was buying them. And then now, now you're seeing these TVs are 500 bucks. Bro, I just seen yeah. a 75 inch for like oh. 550 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, wow, look how cheap. I just wanted to buy one to buy it. What was, uh, so <clears throat> what, what would you say? Uh, so I know, you know, just so you know, if you're ever here in Vegas, uh, you're not going to go to jail. But if anybody does, shout out to the Henderson. You want to go to jail in Henderson over oh, Las okay. Vegas night and day. Yeah. Uh, but so I was, you know, for just being in there just on some dumb like DUI type of shit. Uh, all I kept thinking about was food. So was there anything that you were like, especially coming from Detroit, where you like, fuck, I got to get this, man. Like, I was able to get some decent meals while I was in there. Oh, ah, really? yeah. They, 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 you, you, can, you can figure ways around everything if you have a little bit of money. Wow, that's good. So. Yeah, no, it was funny. Somebody actually told me. They were like, because, you know, I was like, man, I can't imagine getting out and you know, just cell phones, TVs, and they're like, you know, they have they have all that shit in in prison. You you have access. I can sit here and tell you, I honestly never touched a cell phone in prison. But oh, people, wow. people have oh, people, them, right? absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But me, the only reason I never touched it was because I didn't know how to work it. Right. So <laughs> for me, I always looked like if they catch this phone, they're gonna see the numbers in it, and I'm gonna be fucked. So dude was like, "Yo, just use my phone." I'm like, "Nah, bro, I'm good. Just give me a stamp." <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, yeah. give me a pigeon. Things that I didn't Just know how to control, message. I really wouldn't partake in. Yeah, I always said, you know, when you when you're in a jail, they got these. They'll have those phones, and they'll be like, "All right, this phone over here is the attorney phone. They can't." I'm like, "Bro, no, that's, trust the, that's me, the biggest. <laughs> that's the trust me." Yeah, bro, actually, I was watching a story actually on uh, Chapo, and they were talking about they sent some people came in as visitors, and they bugged the visitor sticker. Oh yeah, and I was like, That's actually, the name tag. Actually, one of my friends that was like a huge high roller here in Vegas. God bless him. He's dead now. Jimmy Chagra. I don't mm -hmm. know if you ever heard of him, but mm -mm. him and his brothers were like the Godfathers of Vegas in in the seventies, bro. And and Jimmy ended up with a case, and they bugged the visiting passes when they went in. Yeah, no, I heard that, and I was like, Holy you should read. You you should read up on him, and and one day do a little show to him out here, the Chagra brothers, bro. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know the whole story, but, and I don't want to go into it because it, respectfully for the people's family, but a yeah. federal judge was actually murdered over their case, judge Woods. So it's a pretty famous case. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, no, we'll definitely check that out. And uh, I, I saw you, it said you had some kids. Yeah. I have three kid, kids, three kids. What, what, I have what's three kids. I have a, a really four. I have a, uh, a, a, Another girl that's like a daughter to me, so three or four kids, as I say. But I have two girls and, and you, a boy. Did you that have these before? Yeah, absolutely. You went in? Yeah. So they get out; they're adults. Yeah, absolutely. How I've, how was that? Was that was hard? You know, it's yeah. uh, my kids grew up without a father, bro, and so you know, most kids that grow up in broken homes, they don't do too well. My son went to University of Michigan, wow. got a four year degree, he's doing well in life. My daughters got married and. You know, are going on with their lives, but I have six beautiful grandkids. Wow, so, that's a hand. So that was probably so they all they all lived in Michigan the whole time, right? Uh, my oldest daughter's in Indiana. So was it harder when they shipped you out to these Arizonas and these other things? Harder for people to oh, come visit, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And what what are their age range? Are they in? They're all full uh, adults, right? Twenty one yeah, and up. They're uh, oh, bro, you put me on the spot. I know. Uh, I think my daughter, <laughs> my oldest daughter's thirty seven, and uh, my son will be. 35 and my youngest daughter's 34 she was born when i left oh wow so what do they think was that quite a reunion getting out i mean did, oh yeah did you... yeah it was you know good to see him you know i left my mom was you know 44 years old so i came home older than her you know but oh, wow. and my dad was gone so that was a difficult thing so your mom's still around yeah my mom and your dad passed dad. when so did, did they do anything for you when you're in there when when a parent they don't know? do shit for you bro. oh that's that's horrible yeah I, I used to think and i mean i think i just heard this kind of shit in movies but you know where they'd say oh you know if you're in prison and somebody passes away they'll give you that pass or whatever to yeah. get out most of that's fake bro. yeah no i believe <laughs> what, what they tell society about prison you know, I, I'm not trying to down the people that are running it or anything, but 
our system needs a lot of work, bro. And and oh, what they tell society about our prison system, most of it's fake. Well, what I see here that goes on in Vegas, and it's it's absolutely unbelievable to me. Like you know, I was telling her like here versus Detroit. You know, people come out here on vacation and they're getting fucked up, getting caught with eight balls, ounces, whatever, and they know you ain't ever gonna come back back to your case once you know th- these are people from all over the world yeah. so here in vegas will be like okay boom you had two eight balls thousand dollar fine take this drug course on it's just money yeah. that's it just give us your money see you later all charges dropped and i'm like yo in michigan you know just on some dumb shit like that you'd, you'd be hemmed up in the system oh, for yeah, a minute definitely going to prison where i'm like here in here in vegas there it's it's everything is so like laxy daisy but i guess it's just because it's a party town. They know it'd be so you know difficult tracking these people down. Once you let them go home, they're they'd be off and, to the and are really are they really hurting anybody but themselves? Like <laughs> if you look at it, bro, it, it's no. a guy gets caught with an eight ball of blow. He's not hurting anybody but himself. He's a grown man. If you want to do blow, it's your choice. Yeah, drugs are a choice, bro. Like people, whatever we do in life, we made a choice to do. Yeah. So you know. But a woman being raped or a child being molested, it's not a choice. No. no. So for for someone to get less time for rape or molestation than a drug crime shows you how fucked up our system Absolute. really is. There's yeah, so much, there's something. There's so much misogyny in these laws that a lot of women aren't protected. Yeah, did you, uh, I don't know if you follow the UFC at all, but the, the Cain Velasquez, he was a heavyweight champion. Uh he was taking his son, uh, I, don't, I don't know what age, yeah. to a daycare, and he was molested by a guy like over 30 times. And, you know, you got the, his dad's the heavyweight champion in the UFC. And I don't know what happened or what sparked it, but the guy got released. The guy was released well, after being in jail for a couple of days. Yeah, he chased him in his car and he shot at him. Yeah, he shot they're, at him and he ended up, he ended up uh, hitting, his, his stepdad was riding with him. So he hit his stepdad in the arm, didn't kill him. Uh, people kind of wondered. I'm like, bro, you're the UFC champion. It would have been a lot better off if you just grabbed him, hold that fuck fucker, out beat, him, yeah. beat him into the ground. Well, he should have beat him to death. But I yeah. just, yeah, but I just think, you know, it was a reaction. I think he just randomly saw him. But he just, I want to say he's been in, I mean, everybody from the UFC bosses to everybody writing letters. But I think the he, mom was still with the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had closed their they closed the daycare, but he ended up getting Mark Garagos as his attorney, yeah. and uh, he just he just got out after four months. They they gave him a bond, so he's still fighting the case. But I'm like, he's out. But the guy who molested his kid, he's been out. Yeah, like, that's how our like, system like, works. Bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm like just a guy, like what a guy the, defending his kid in this world. Like any father would do that. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it, like I just said, he's lucky the guy didn't kill him. No, that's but, what, right. but you know you're supposed to protect your family. Yes, hundred percent, like, especially a child. Do you like, think? Yeah. Do you think those people can be real rehabilitated? No. Yeah, I always said of all people, you know, obviously drugs or alcohol. Like after a certain amount of time, I believe you can. But I believe when it comes to people who are child molesters, once it's in their system, they're it's never. You know, you you can say people beat them up. You, you put them in jail for 20 years. It's a disease, I think. It's, a, it's definitely a disease. But me, bro, I, I'm not one of these people that, that sit here and tell you, like, I think if you're a child molester, you should be executed. You should be yeah. executed. That's, I, that's, I agree if, with that. If I could choose, like, I'd mm-hmm. execute you for them. Yeah. They, like, you're a piece of shit. Well, yeah. and, and because, just like we said, they're... They are not going to change. It's no. it's in them. There's no counselor. No, you're, There's not, no, you're not going to fix them. They're you're not going to fix them. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, and, and then people are going to go, oh, it's a sickness. Well, you fuck that kid up the rest of their life. Right. Yeah. No. But people, that's... people tend like in society now, bro, I feel my personal opinion that we tend to protect these child molesters, even in prison. Now they're protected. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like it, it's when I first went to prison, you didn't want to be labeled a child molester. You know what I mean? Those, mm-hmm. they, they would torture your ass. And now there's so many of them because of the internet, which is a blessing and a curse. You know, yeah. one of the things I realized since I got out, the internet is powerful in so many ways, but it gives people access. It gives people access, but it also brings out, you know, the worst in a lot of people. They oh, can yeah. hide behind yeah. screens and, and 
you know, you really don't know who they are, and they're these predators, you know. I used to watch that show, To Catch a Predator. To Catch a Predator, yeah. And, yep. and uh, Chris Hansen actually had a lot to do with my case. He mm -hmm. was a big reporter in Detroit at the time, and, and you know, look at the people. He was, he was catching cops and prosecutors. and, and I was just going to say, he, did, he just did a recap this many years later. I want to say it was a year ago, and uh, we had a kid in my high school, football player, went on to – he became a cop in Oxford, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, just a good guy. And uh, they did How to Catch a Predator. And he was a, a cop part-time, and he became a principal part-time. And he was bouncing around school districts. He was in like nine school districts in three years. Molesting kids. They did They did How to Catch a Predator, the Chris Hansen. They got him. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my. Think about these schools that he was in. He was probably hitting all these kids. And then when he thought the heat was on, he would just go reapply at some other school. Look at the shit they let the, the coach get away with at, at Michigan State, at Larry Nassar or wherever it was. Oh, it was oh, Penn State, oh. wasn't it? Penn State. No, 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 no. no that the was, that was Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky, and Nassar yeah. was, I think, Michigan State or Michigan. Like, this guy molested these the girls. The gym, gymnastic yeah, girls. Bro. Yeah, like, oh, no, that was yeah, huge. Years, years oh, man, years that was. Years, I remember bro, that. And, and they covered it up. And yeah. Like, they're still trying to cover shit up. That, it's that just was, sad. That bro. was a like, big organization. Um, I saw that. Well, you know, that's that's what makes me think, you know, like you hear in any of the music, you know, in these big music industries or movie industries, all this pedophile stuff going on. I almost think that they push that narrative. And, and that's why they're so light on these type of charges and, and, and letting this type of stuff go on. If there was ever going to be a mandatory minimum for anything, that's where it should start. Hundred percent. I, I agree with that because I mean, they're. I, I feel like those people are everywhere. You know, I, I don't even want to think about how many of them are probably out here and, in Las Vegas. What, what's crazy about that Nasser um, situation was, you know, he was doing a regular checkup and, he's and, male yeah. and manipulating these girls because they're trying to follow the protocols for the the gymnastics, mm -hmm. um, or I'm sorry, the Olympics. Yep. Uh, gymnastics thing and then he was you know telling them not to tell the mom and and if they stepped out of line they wouldn't get their opportunity to compete in the olympics and it yeah. was disgusting well and, i think that's what most people do i mean even you know me thinking about this guy that i knew that i went to high school with being a cop crazy. and a principal i mean think about what you can say to kids like I'll, I'll lock you up i'll you know suspend you you know whatever the deal may be but yeah, there should be a minimum, definitely a mandatory for anybody who's on that child tip. And I know that you do a lot of advocacy for people who are wrongfully incarcerated. Wrongfully incarcerated. If you're overly incarcerated, you're wrongfully incarcerated. So recently I was able to help a, a, a lady get out of prison, Tracy Kyle, when she was in there 19 years for a nonviolent crime. So I think I saw that on your yeah. page. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty amazing, bro. I, I, so did I you meet her. these people? Or do they do people reach out to you? Well, now actually, no? I knew her ex. He was okay. a friend of mine. He was murdered, mm -hmm. and when I got out, someone reached out to me and told me that she was incarcerated. So we all teamed up and went to work, and it was a group effort. We were able to bring her home. Wow! Yeah, no, I saw the video. That was that was incredible. So I know, I know in Michigan because I actually I have a younger brother who did some time. He started out in Jackson. Did they do that with you? Is that the process in Michigan? Do you go to Jackson first? Now you do. When I was a kid, yeah. uh, if you, because we were so young, they sent us to a Riverside Correctional Facility in Ionia. But now they don't. They don't care about your age. They put everybody together. Oh, oh shit. God. Yeah, so you were so if you said you were seventeen, and when I, I was talking to her because she didn't even realize, I thought I saw, and like I said, I I know there's probably lots of parts of the movie that that aren't correct, but uh, you started doing what you were doing when you were fourteen, was that correct? Uh, fourteen, fifteen, pretty much. But the, the movie, I've never watched it, bro. So yeah, I, that's what I I didn't. It was funny because I remember she said when when we saw you in Detroit at your party, you know, she had mentioned a couple things, you you know that. Yeah, I have no desire. Said you, like yeah. It, it, uh, they twisted it and convoluted well, it's, it so it, much. It's that, Hollywood. Yeah. But, you know, when you work with someone for 300 hours or so, and uh, me and a, a, a great, he became like family to me, Scott Silver. He's one of the biggest writers in the world now. He wrote Joker. Mm -hmm. And me and Scott worked about 300 hours together. 
and they basically took what me and he did together and you know for lack of a better word they fucked it up so. yeah oh yeah that's what i, I feel like hollywood's always going to do that what about matthew mcconaughey i mean was he a it was cool he visited me in prison I, I haven't had any contact with him after that but came to see me in prison but yeah i was watching know. a thing i mean did you think he was legitimately or most of the people that worked on the movie did they did you feel they legitimately cared or did they were they just treating it like it was another hollywood movie or no comment bro. no comment <laughs> yeah so man that's crazy so outside of this eighth what else do you have going on so eighth is eighth is what that's a the eighth a, a, is is my brand in cannabis but we also do other things with it for the community mm -hmm. like i said i'm i'm strong on giving back you know the holidays are coming we're going to do a big white boy rick community drive and giveaway and and uh you know all my friends and partners that support it mike barry from mkx yep shout uh, out to mike gus and omar from exclusive uh uh prince from house of dank justin and calvin from uh puff you know there, there's so many people yeah. and i'm leaving some out you know but you know they all support me and do good things bro and and uh you know there's there's so many people bro that i can't thank enough for the support that they give me and if i reach out and say hey this is a cause i believe in that they support me man and yeah. guys forgive me for the ones that that i'm not mentioning but i can't sit here and run down a list yeah no we actually mike but, uh, sent us when we were there uh mike sent us into uh puff and uh they they yeah. re they really pushed her you know which they, yeah. they basically told her don't want here they're like just take anything you want and then they were like hey you really want to take this this, is this white boy ricks and we we're like oh shit so, I mean, so they were really pushing you when we went in there. And what what's this thing we, you said th these are just coming out now? Yeah, these are my new live resin disposables. They're coming out this week. So, so there's no battery, no nothing? It, there's a battery. It's rechargeable. Yep. Oh, okay. okay. So, but it shouldn't die. There's a gram of live resin, real live resin, oh. not cut. This is real live resin. So everybody that smokes it, post it, tell me what you think, but yeah. it's real. Mm -hmm. And then I have uh, 10 flavors of fast acting live resin gummies dropping as well and there is that going to be it, that's going to be the same thing eighth yeah eighth. everything's under my eighth the eighth brand by white boy rick and a portion of all the proceeds go back to you know fighting for people that are wrongfully convicted overly incarcerated or to the community it's a decision that i get to make where we apply those monies okay. i i love that because i you know my father was in jail and he actually passed away in jail and there was a lot of um, as far as the family goes and the whole system, you know, the putting the money on the commissary and all that, it's, it's, it's stressful to the family, you know, it, 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 and it's costly. Yeah, it, that's what's sad is, you know, they take advantage of people while they're there. Why is a phone call so much money in prison? But when you get out here, you can get an unlimited phone for $50 right. a month. Yeah. But I used to spend two or three thousand dollars a month on the phone. Yeah. Even for me, I had to pay for the packages to give him paper and the stamps just for him to write me letters. So basically they're making money off of the family of the incarcerated yes. person, not even off the person because most of the people that are incarcerated, they don't have that money. So every week they're calling home, Mom, can you send me this? Dad, can you send me this? Or in you know, Domi's case his daughter can you send me this it's not right man yeah yeah no that's a that's a that's a tough thing and i mean and it the sit like because now they have the, it's like through you do it through the website it's very confusing oh yeah I'm a, I'm a technical a person but it is very, no, very another confusing. scam in the industry oh yeah 50 cents for an email yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, for a free email hey dude where cents. people uh i forgot who we had we had one of our one of our homies and this could have been but he is in prison and he uh he sent he sent me like an instagram <laughs> i was like confused but now that you said you know some people get a phone in there i guess you can get instagram or There's i was like TikTok. i was like well i was like yeah the tiktok i've been seeing them they have the tiktok uh they be showing them how they cook yeah. or you can actually google like some people that they post shit out of prison and and if you look at the fort florida prison system bro it's for me, it was the worst prison system I was ever in. Like, they beat people every day, bro. These guards are so sadistic. Yeah. Like, and they let them get away with it. Right before I got out down there, they beat a lady and broke her neck, bro. Wow. Because she oh, wouldn't God. clean a toilet. 
Holy cow. And, and, you know, thank God some of these guys smuggle phones in. I know it's not right, but they've been able to videotape the abuses that go on in there. Wow. You know, but without (laughs) those phones, they wouldn't have that proof. Yeah. Well, that's why I wonder, you know, they get the proof on the phone and then how scary is it to who are you going to take that phone to, to show them, you know, because you don't know if they're going to. Some guys take that chance, bro. They have the, thank God they have the backbone to, to stand up and say, Hey, I have this on tape or, or send it out to their family and get that posted on YouTube and, and, you know, expose what's going on. Yeah. Florida's fucked up. The, The prison system, bro, is like it, it, our whole system needs an overhaul, but Florida was a real eye awakening for me. Like what yeah. goes on? If, if you Google it just recently, I, I work with a lawyer out of Chicago, Andy Hale, and he's like this huge civil rights attorney, man. He's one of the best people I know. He helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just sent me something recently where they beat this guy. And he's like, bro, we have to do something about this. And, you know, Hale and Monaco, you know, out of Chicago, they're one of the best law firms out there for civil rights. He's doing good things. Uh, he just recently did uh, the Starved Rock Murders, Chester Weger's story with Mark Wahlberg's production company. And this old man did 61 years, I believe, and he's innocent. What do you give him? Yeah, yeah. what is that? What, what do you give him, bro? He's, he's 82 years old. He doesn't know what oh the fuck's God. going on in the world. What do you, if you give him $100 million, what's yeah. he going to do with it? Well, that's what I said. I, I I don't know if you have or if it can be talked about. Do you have any type of civil things going on with, yeah, the, with the city? I have a civil thing going on. We can't really talk about yeah. it, but I, I don't anticipate them ever trying to, to do anything for me, but at least I got to expose some of the wrongdoings. You know, bro, as I sit here, a free man, I can honestly sit here and tell you they lied to keep me in prison. Oh, yeah. So, 100%. like, who does that? You know, if I could ask one question, I would just say, do you know what you did to me? Right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I believe and what it. what age were you when you went in? I was 18 when I went in. Okay. So you're techni- technically an adult, but you said even if you were 17, they would have still sent I you I was down. 17 when I caught the case. Oh, okay. I was 17 when so I caught the case. So they didn't, they didn't try it like a juvenile. No, they don't stuff. care, bro. Was there anybody in Detroit? Kevin was 16. They charged him as an adult for a drug crime. Wow. So there was somebody charged with you at the same time? No, no, no. no, no. I, I was on that case alone, but Kevin Kevin and his older brother, yeah. you know, they, they gave his older brother life without parole because he wouldn't tell on his little brother. Oh, my God. Is there people that are, I don't know, but is there people life without parole right now with on weed charges? I believe did there any, are any, some left any, in the federal system doing life for, uh, for cannabis. I can't. I know they said, uh, you know, and who knows, but I know they said Kim Kardashian is an advocate for, for the people that I believe that are in there for on, on drug, on marijuana charges, not drug charges. I, I know she's helped some people get out of prison. You know, it, it, that's, thank God that she's, you know, doing that, that one lady, she got out without Kim. I don't think she would have got out. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I now still, that lady is, is helping other people. So yeah, I still just you know. don't understand that when, uh, you know, when a law changes that, how these people just weren't released. I mean, you're talking about presidents pardoning people. Why don't you pardon the, everybody who's in there on these, you know, petty weed charges? Yeah, they, they could commute all of their sentences. Yeah. They just choose not to. now the government, I mean, I know here in Vegas when things started going, the governors and mayors all had dispensaries. Yeah. So I'm like, how many people did you guys put in prison for, for you know, marijuana charges prior to you guys being in the marijuana business? How many of them are invested in private prisons? Oh, oh yeah, Michael Jordan. Talk about it, yeah. Michael Jordan has some. Jo- Michael Jordan does. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. really? He's invested yeah. in private. Shame prison. on you, Michael private Jordan, prison. if that's the truth. Wow. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. a that's a that's definitely a shocker. I don't know if you wanna Google check me, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, I met a I met an attorney out here. Don't believe was... everything you read on Google. <laughs> huh. I, I want to... don't believe. <laughs> okay, don't believe everything yeah. you read. Yeah, on Google's Google. probably twisted too. Google's it, like it, directly it, talking it, to the government. I probably. Met, um, I met an attorney out here, and we were talking about the consumption lounge licenses that just passed. And she was a DA out here, and she was trying a lot of uh, possession charges of marijuana, and she, you know it was. Mostly if they were a minority, like, you know, black or Hispanic or whichever, they would get the book at them on, like, a joint or, like, a, you know, eighth. But if they were, 
white or related to anybody in office, she was being told to have them excused. And she actually stopped what she was doing to become an attorney to start to um, help change the law. That's good. Yeah. There's, listen, in anything we do in society, there's good and bad people. Right. And, and there's people that are prosecutors. They're good people. They right. want to be fair. But there's also people in that office that are, you know, super sadistic. And, and yes. they look to... to overly punish people so there's a balance and you just hope the person that's at the head of that office can pay attention and make sure that that doesn't happen it happens more in inner cities than you think i I think with i think it's the same thing with police like i tried that for a long time you know i've just i've never had a liking for them and then you know like now when i look back on it i'm like i do believe that there are some good ones you know but there's also just as many bad ones and i feel like i feel like they're too different i mean i had a I had a thing happen to me leaving here a couple years ago. I, I was driving a Maserati, pulled out. I was sleeping. I mean, I was half asleep, really tired. Um, and I, I had a gun that I kept hearing. I'm not a gun. I've shot a gun three times my entire life. So I had one that I would keep here uh, just because it's kind of a you know sketch area around here. And just for some reason, I'm like, you know what? I should bring that home. Too many people are roaming around and drinking here. So I'm like, I don't want that to whatever. So Nevada is an open carry state. So I had it sitting on my seat and uh, I pull out, I get pulled over by a gang unit out here and they had brought in a thousand more gang units because when everything in Vegas got really cheap, they lowered the hotel rooms down to like 30 bucks. The urban crowd just flooded us and there was just, (laughs) there was just wild shit going on. So what they said was these guys were sent in to violate you. So, you know, I would always hear, you know, a lot of my, you know, black friends talking about how they got so violated. Well, that particular night I get pulled over, you know, they were like, hey, you know, do you have any weapons or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I have a gun right there. And boom, took me right out, searched my pockets, you know, took my money. Uh, It was crazy. And I mean, these guys look like they're like 22, 23 years old. I'm 46, you know, and I'm sitting there the whole time like, what in the hell is going on? I'm like, hey, guys, I'm just leaving work. And, and, you know, oh, how can you drive a car like this? And, you know, they thought I was in in my 20s. And I'm like, what does it matter? I'm like, you know, I rent these cars. And, you know, what was weird was I was told by my attorney. So it all got thrown out. I had three Adderall in my cup holder that I'm prescribed, but it's a charge because it's not in the bottle so these guys tell me uh they're like hey if you let us search your car and agree to a blood test we'll let you go and i'm like no problem (laughs) you know i'm like i didn't do anything go ahead they had a van come up and my attorney kind of laughed at me because he's like bro that was stupid like how are they going to get your blood results back at that moment Uh so they did it took me to jail and wrote on there suspected dui so not even because I'm like, I'm like, well, why are you doing my blood? And they're like, well, your eyes look red. You, are you smoking weed? And I'm like, sir, I don't smoke weed. I don't do shit. I'm, I'm, and so anyways, you know, the charge gets thrown out. The attorney's like, oh, you know, it was just, you know, whatever. And I go, well, I'm really mad. Like, I feel like I want to do something to these people because they violated me. And he goes, just understand they violated me. And then they played the nice guy role. And he goes, understand that their report isn't going to say what they said to you because they're like, oh, you know what? You're, you know, you seem like a good guy. You know, this is whatever. And uh, of course they said the gun was hidden between my seat and in the report and all this stuff. And, you know, the thing that I couldn't believe was I'm like, I've never, you know, I've never trusted police, but I never had a problem with them. But I'm like, I was like, I told my attorney, I said, how can you go home and go to bed? When I told them, I'm like, hey, I have a two-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old like at home. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, I'm not doing nothing. Everything, I'm not doing anything illegal. And, uh, you know, so I kind of wanted to take him to court. You know, like, I was pissed. And the attorney was like, well, he goes, here's the problem. Their their cams, they're not going to be on. It's going to be their word against yours. It's not going to fly. And then he told me, he goes, you know something? He goes, just so you know. He goes, did they look really young? I said, they look like they're fresh out of the military you know, real clean cut, whatever. And he goes, just so you know, he goes, these guys, they don't even realize they're violating you because they're brainwashed in the military. And then when they get here to be trained or whatever, they're telling them that that's okay. So he goes, he goes, don't believe that they did that to you. Just what they just thought they're doing their job. And when I really thought, you know, went back and thought about it, I was like, maybe that's right. I mean, you know, maybe in their head, they thought that's all they were doing, but I still, at the end of the day, they lied. Yeah. 
And I'm just and, like, and you know if you're lying or not. I don't. You're not trained like we, we know right from wrong. We know when we're lying. We know when we're not telling the truth, bro. So listen, there's good cops and bad cops. Hundred percent. And and you know, the bad cops, they make it worse for the good cops. Yes. You know what I mean. So that's the part that I never understood, like with me with the police corruption case that that I mm -hmm. was involved in. Like you would have thought that everybody would be happy, but when you expose so much corruption, they don't like that, bro. So yeah, no, I saw in some, you know, they said in some of your hearings or what, what are they called, uh, you know, to to go in front of the parole board yeah. that actual FBI agents came in on your behalf, like still. Yeah, but but most yeah. of them lied too. I mean, yeah, okay. I think one told the whole truth, but it's a. Uh, Police corruption, bro, is is like the root of all evil. I can't you know even I, mean? I can't it's, even imagine this, the city of Detroit. Like, I've, it, it, listen, I love Detroit, and and so they're getting better. You know, now am I going to tell you it's it's a hundred percent better? No, but I think they did a great job recently with with police in the city. But there's a long way to go, bro. In these inner cities, there's a long way to go. And and one of the companies I work with, their team wellness, you know, we're we're big into the mental health arena and uh there's a stigma that people don't like to say that they have you know a mental health issue mm -hmm. so actually now we work with the sheriff thank god you know they work with us in the police department and instead of taking someone who's having you know a, a, a crisis as we call it they'll bring them to our facility instead of the, you know to the jail because at the jail they know they're not going to get any help yeah for sure yeah no jay i mean i don't i Prisons have never jail. It doesn't reform you at all. No, there's, mean, there's no help. If, if you have a, a health issue, whether it be a physical health issue or a mental health issue, there's no help in jail or prison. Uh, jail is worse, mm -hmm. but prison, you know, prison's a little better. They, they get you a little help, but in these jails, it's, it just, it, it makes it worse. Yeah. I heard uh, somebody. I don't know who I heard this from. Do you are you are you breeding dogs? Did somebody say you breed? Uh, not me, bro. You, <laughs> oh, I, I only adopt dogs. No, only okay, no, dogs. that's what it was. Actually, that's what yeah. it, dog rescue. No, yeah, we we only we we try and take to. foster dogs and find them good homes. And so, so how, so how is that? How, is it pain in the ass? But what, I love animals. What, what, was it you that did that, or did your girl get you doing that? I, I've always loved animals, but she has. We actually just got a. a a new dog, so uh -oh. we we have three now, is three dogs and two cats. I sent home from prison. Nice. Oh my god! So is it hard? To, like I feel like so I'm getting ready. I have an exotic bulldog, and I'm just doing a one time breeding because I'm just like I need to get my money back. These these things are expensive, bro. People have offered me dogs that are probably worth twenty five grand, and I've said no. Oh wow, yeah. So I with the dog thing, uh, you know, I was I was dating somebody one time, and she was really into the rescue, and I, I don't even know if she was into the rescue more so of wanting to post it on Facebook saying I'm helping out. But at one time, I had nine dogs living yeah. in my house, and I'm like, this I, is fucking crazy. I used to say when I was in prison <laughs> that I was gonna go to the dog pound and be like, just give me whatever dog you're gonna kill next, like whatever dogs on death row, let me get them. Oh. And get them off death row. So. Yeah, that's what I I know. The when when we were doing the dog rescue, it was Nevada NSPCA, but it was a no kill shelter. Uh, but yeah, but that's but these uh, no kill shelters are so full, man. And and recently, I just dropped off some dog food to one, and and we help out as much as we can. But like, if I could say one thing, like Bob Barker used to say at the end, "Have your pets spayed or neutered, man." <laughs> It's yeah. big, man. You know, it, it's no, for there's sure. so many animals living on the street, bro. And and if you ask my oldest daughter, she'll tell you I like animals more than people. Yeah. So, so do you ever have a? Is it ever an issue when you when you take one of these dogs in and you know you got to find it a home and then you kind of found a liking to it? Last year, I actually had to put AC in my garage, and we couldn't use the garage because there was rescue dogs in there. So. Oh man. But pretty much, I yeah. find them homes. Yeah, but I mean, but is it hard to like? Do you ever get attached to one where you're like, "Damn it, I think I'm gonna keep this." I just one. told you we have one oh, that, yeah. that we weren't planning on keeping. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I said. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm worried about having puppies because I'm like, it's. She's you know, a, I'm uh, probably not ever gonna. She's want a them. hot dog, dog beagle with super high energy, bro. <laughs> super high energy. She can jump up on the island like this. Dog is. Yeah, I can imagine in the city of Detroit. I think I always seen 
animals running all over cats and dog problems yeah, everywhere. my boy hush he was a, a pretty big rapper yeah there. i think I know. you know hush, hush. Yep. he started ddr detroit dog rescue and and shout out to him for doing that and it still exists today someone else is, is he running. still doing music huh? yeah loosely he, okay. he's, he's yeah, still he i think he just dropped around. a new album oh that's awesome um we didn't really touch on this but i want to know how do you feel about music i love since music you've been out like i, I love music I mean, do like, you like, you know, when we went to your party, we saw rappers, who was it there? Stevie B. Stevie B. Yeah, yeah. Stevie was B. that your guy before no, you that, went? That, that wasn't my guy. <laughs> no, but Mike, Mike hired him, but but I love Stevie B. Yo. Okay. Shout out to Stevie. B. No, it, was, it was crazy. Like, we were talking. We were like, you know what? That shit was probably popping when he back in his yeah, day. That you was know probably what, popping. Bro, I, I mean, it was at the time, but I was more run DMC, the Beastie Boys, uh, LL. Yeah. You know, African Bumbada. Uh, so now yeah, we now yeah. we can make fun of Mike. So yeah. many, yeah. so many. But but like the Detroit scene, I love like I swear Vezo, uh, Babyface Ray. There's so many people in my community. Trick Trick, I love them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no they, fly zone. They, these guys are are you know truly representing our city, and and I think our city right now, music wise, is one of the hottest. You know. There is. Most creative, for sure. I I just say, man, coming from Detroit, anywhere else I go, man, just the real lyricists. Ain't no auto-tuning and and bullshit like that happening in Detroit. It's the real deal. Like, you know, I love Royce of 5'9". Yeah, Uh, Royce is doing big things. He works in the mental health industry, too. Yep, yep. I'm a big fan of Royce. Um, Danny Brown, I didn't know him that well. I I think Danny Brown had something to do with the movie, if I believe. Yes, really? he was, was in the movie. He was, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was so in the movie? He, yes, he, oh. he was one of the, yeah, he was one one of of the kingpins. So he's actually yeah. a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so creative. You know, he he came up, too, in the dubstep era with, like, Flash Adamus. He did his track with him. Yeah. Um, Anybody from Detroit, though, man, that's the real hustle and bustle. Did you know Trick Trick? Uh, I do. Did you I know spent, him prior to going? I did not, but I spent New Year's in Miami with Trick last year, and we oh. had a blast. Oh, I can imagine it was. <laughs> I so, can't imagine seeing him in so, Miami. Something funny, and this was uh, you. Weird. I was talking to him about shoe. Uh, she had an appearance out there probably a year before we were at your show, and uh, we went out there, and uh, so she got booked at Trump's, and then uh, we went to we did Trick Tricks radio show. They shoe hooked us up for it. Yeah. And uh, it's still to this day the craziest thing we ever seen. And, and what was what did he do the the twerking butt video? <laughs> Twi- trick trick. trick. Oh, did he? So I shake that, make the booty bounce or something. So I I got booked for I remember my agent. He was like, "Yeah, you're good," because we were doing porn scenes, and he was like, "Yeah, you you got this scene. It's it's a little different." And he's like, "It's just twerking." We were like, "What?" Just twerking, but it was cool because it was a bunch of porn stars, and we were all like, "All right, fuck it, like we just twerking." Like, <laughs> and I could say one thing: like, a lot of people don't really know Trick. Like, I know him pretty good, and and I think I, I call him, you know, a true friend. And and if anyone loves the city of Detroit, it's Trick Trick. Oh, like, very passionate. It, it, it and he speaks out about you know doing good and foolishness and and. I love him for that. You know, he tells people have a mind of their own. And a lot of these people, they don't have a mind of their own. They're I, followers and they read shit on the internet and they believe everything that they read. And, yeah. and it, you're, it's, you're, his motivational rants on, on do you, Instagram. Do you remember there, were, there was a, these kids out in Detroit? They're all wearing white t-shirts. They started a thing called knockout where they were just going out and they were just knocking out anybody. They saw a man, woman, grandma, whoever, they would run up and just knock them out and they were filming it. And so the police couldn't even stop it. And they actually went to Trick Trick, and he had that shit stopped in one day. Yeah, Trick Trick like, has that power to do that. You know, and I mean, it was funny. So when, when she had a she had an appearance, uh, they asked her to come on, on his uh, radio show. And so we go in there, and, you know, Trick Trick's in there. It's his whole family, and they're just passing blunts. Oh, passing they did, like, four blunts, blunts in a session, but I, but I was hanging in. Yeah, she was hanging in there, and then next thing I know, we're sitting in his room, and it's just smoke. I, we couldn't even see each other, and it was just her sitting there, and she goes, where did they all go? They all left, and nobody said goodbye. Nobody took a picture. We're like, I guess the show's over. I'm like, let's fucking go, and I mean, man, we were we were super high, but it was funny because uh, Domo here, uh, 
she said, Rick, she goes, hey, she goes, there's this guy on Instagram. And he seems like a really nice guy, just very positive. And I'm like, what's his name? And she's like, Trick Trick. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Trick Trick is a very positive guy these days. I said, maybe back 20 yeah, he, years ago, he, he was a little bit. Shit. He like talks shit, but he also tries but to give a you a lesson. Right, yeah. right. It's a life lesson. In Trick Trick's words. I yeah. love it. That's what I call it. I a, love it. A, a life lesson by Trick. Yep. And then when, when she said that, I was like, okay. I was like, so I knew two Trick Tricks. Even though, I mean, you know, Trick Trick was, there was a younger Trick Trick and now a very wise hey, Trick Trick. Hey, we all grow up, man. That, we that's, all, we that's all grow up. We, we, he's doing good things. Uh, like I said, we spent New Year's at, in Miami at Marion. And uh, it was one of the best times of my life, bro. So, yeah, and he's in uh, cannabis uh, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Heavyweight yeah. heads. Heavyweight heads, yeah. yeah. So you guys, yeah. do you do anything with those guys? Uh, they actually work with the team that I'm with, with Exclusive. Okay. So Exclusive is part of Heavyweight Heads. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, well, uh, we want, we just want to say we appreciate you coming by, Rick. Thank We're going to so wrap it up. We're glad you, you slid through, and uh, we look forward to, you know, watching you blow up into this into this and where can people find your brands uh, yeah. you can go to the eighth by white boy rick on instagram and we're all over man just just google us you'll find us man we're okay. doing good things and big things in the community better things to come uh if you guys can a little promotion from my boy street lord juan Absolutely. street lord radio so check him out and then yep. uh the one person i forgot to manage managed to say something about in detroit payroll giovanni young man super talented super positive you know so many of them there i'm forgetting some sada baby they're all doing good things in the community man the weed a, bar and and just so much good in our community bro coming together and doing good things and positive things that it's uh you know johnny curry's out there and me and him have a long history together and he's doing positive things in the community little to legend 50s guy and and we're all just trying to do good things man for our city and the better we do for the city, the more foolish the people that said negative things about us look. So as That's a team, awesome, we're all coming man. together, doing good things. I appreciate you guys having me. For, and for love sure. it. And what, where can they find you at, Domo Monster? Domo Monster 7. And I, you can catch me at Green Room Radio. And then how about you, Albert? Mine's Albert Ramirez DJ. Albert Ramirez DJ. All right. Well, all thank right. you very much, man. And, and we appreciate you. Yo, Las Vegas, we're out. 2022, we're out. MJ Biz. Yes. <laughs>